try to get, get, get as much caffeine as I can in the last second. <laughs> and scald my, <laughs> scald my throat. Or duh, yeah. Yeah, it does. I'm like, ooh, it looks so much bigger. <laughs> okay, James, you can you can move to the to that thing right there. To here? Yeah, right there. Don't get out of that way. Don't yeah, right there. Oh, that's not bad. To, to, to the, the old monitor. You can you can walk in front of that TV if you want. Okay. I'll I'll trip if I do that, so Okay, so I'm gonna keep this one here. Okay, so that's a, that's a blessing right now. Okay, good. Check, check. You got your mic on, Jay? Yep. Okay. All good. <clears throat> should I should I start it out with just me in the picture and then have yeah. Jay walk in? Oh, I can't. Okay. okay. Yep. 
<clears throat> Do we have to wait till you go up there now or no? I'm recording right now. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Uh, okay. Okay. We do Well, good morning, church, and uh, happy new year. We're so blessed to have you all with us as we go into this brand new year. I don't know about you, but I'm uh, glad to see 2020 kind of disappear. I know God's blessings were in 2020. We can't get our eye off of that, but I'm just looking forward to the great things ahead and for this new year of 2021. So just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and uh, that we're going to move forward in God. And my prayer is that all of us will draw closer to His heart through this uh, new season that God has blessed us with the opportunity to make big differences for Him. So uh, today, uh, giving me kind of a break as we start into this new year is my nephew Jason. He's going to again bring the uh, message today, so um, I'm going to turn it over to him, and uh, I know he's got something great for us to encourage us as we go into this new year. So God bless you all, and I'll see you next week. Thank you very much, Pastor. I would like to start off by expressing my gratitude um, for this opportunity. This is something that I don't take take lightly, and I do consider it an honor and a privilege to to stand up here and speak. Um, today's topic that I want to talk about is a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and the reason it is is because I have failed so miserably at it. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the topic that I'm going to t- talk about today is reverence for God, and I'm going to start off with my scriptures in the book of Hebrews, and I struggled a little bit preparing for this, and I prayed and asked God to show me these, a scripture that I, I, that I could use, and this is one that kind of hit me. And it's Hebrews chapter 12, verses, or verses 28 and 29. And the scripture says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. If you'd please bow your head with me and pray, I'd appreciate it. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the blessings that you've bestowed upon me. I thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak here today. And I pray that you will, um, you will speak through me, that the words I speak will not be my words, but they will be your words. And I just thank you, and I pray that you'd give, give me a peace and help me to talk slowly and clearly. And I thank you for everything today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in this scripture, I, I want to fo- focus on one word. And based on the title of my message, you can probably guess what word it is. And it's the word reverence. <clears throat> and I, I wanted to look and f- find out exactly what reverence was, so I did look it up in the dictionary, and the word reverence means a deep respect for someone or something. A deep respect for someone or something. What I did today was I brought some paper towels with me, 
And to kind of illustrate the reverence sometimes that I or we give God. Now, imagine that you have a mess on, on your floor and you need to go get a paper towel. When you get your paper towel, do you pick it up and go, and then nice and crisply fold it, then lay it down and gently soak up your mess, then pick it up and just gently put it in the trash can? No, I don't do that. And I'm sure you probably don't either. You grab it real quick off the roll, wad it up, soak it up, and then just pitch it. That is what I do, or sometimes I don't even use them. Sometimes I'm like, oh, Colt, which is my dog, go take care of that. But um, sometimes I think or I feel that I and we treat God in that, in that way. We use him as a mess-up cleaner. If we get in trouble or we get in a tough spot, we're like, God, please help me. And then after he helps us, gone. Or I think at times we even reduce him to more of a friend or a buddy. I'll give you an example here. When I was in college um, many years ago for the, for the first time, um, a girl walked in my classroom and she had a shirt on and it had a picture of Jesus on it. And then underneath it, it said, Jesus is my homie. And I saw that, and it almost took my breath away. Because I'm like, that's not right. He's not your homie. He's your savior. He's the son of God. He's the end-all, be-all. And it just really, whew, it really, it hurt me, honestly. And I got, got to thinking, in general, I, we, will sometimes water down the things of God to fit our needs, or we'll put them in a little box. That they, it needs to be this way. <clears throat> a good example of this is on Monday, my family and I went to Kentucky and to see the ark. And inside the ark, they have a display of all these books that were written about Noah's ark. And they are all these books, and in the books they are about cute little animals, and they're about a cute old man Noah, and a cute rainbow. And the reality of it is, there's nothing cute about the story of Noah. God wiped the earth out with a flood because the people were sinning against him. He, it was not cute. He got tired of it, and he sent, sent the flood and just wiped it out. He judged. He, he had placed judgment on the earth. But we do that with God and with the stories in the Bible sometimes, and we kind of take them out of context. Well, I stopped and I thought, well, what is, how does the Bible, how does the Bible um, describe God, describe the God that we serve? And in the book of, book of Revelations, chapter 1, verses 13 through 18, this is how God is described. It says, And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, 
I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his, ha- his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and the grave. Now, when you hear this description of God, of the God that we serve, does that sound to you like a buddy or a friend? To me, it doesn't. It totally changes our perspective. This is the most beautiful, the most royal Savior that anyone could serve. The reason why I get a little, um, a little bit emotional when I read this is because I get so frustrated with myself and I think of all the times that I've not given him the proper respect and reverence. I look over at the cross that, that we have at, the, at this church and I think, how, how many times have I taken a hammer and I've re-crucified him with the lack of respect that I've showed him? This scripture paints the beautiful picture of an all-reverent, most amazing God. And when I think of reverence, I think, well, how do we show reverence to to God? I'm only going to talk briefly about two ways. And the first way is to accept Him. You have to accept Christ. My daughter has to accept that I'm her dad to show me true respect. We have to accept Christ into our, our hearts as the foundational thing for showing him the respect that he, he deserves. And that's real simple. And at the end today, we're going to have the opportunity to accept him. It just comes down to, to simply opening up our hearts and our minds and asking him to come in and be our Lord and, Lord and Savior. It's simple and it's free. Some things in life are free. And this is one, this is the greatest thing you can ever, ever do. And then the second thing that we need to do to show him reverence is come before him humbly and surrendered. When you think about humbly, what does humbly mean to you? Humbly means to, to me not arrogant or not being a know-it-all. Sometimes I, maybe you too, have come before God and we've kind of tried to tell him how it needs to be done. Do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. I want this, I want that. That's not humbly. Or, and that's not surrendered either. Coming before him surrendered is not me, God, but you. And there are many ways that you can come before God surrendered. Um, but I've actually found that when I pray a certain way, it takes humility and surrender to a whole nother, whole nother level. And I'm going to illustrate that today. Now, I don't do this in front of my family. They think I'm crazy enough. This might make them think I'm even more crazy. But, um, and I encourage you to try this. I literally have had times where I will get down on my knees And I will literally put my face before God just like this. And when I'm in this position, 
I use my godly imagination to imagine that between my hands is God's feet. I'm literally kneeling at the feet of God, and I imagine myself holding them and touching them, and I'm even reminded oftentimes of a story in the Bible where the woman um, washed Jesus' feet with her tears. And when I think of that, tears start flowing. I, I imagine myself catching my tears and just cleaning his feet up to make them the most to make them the cleanest feet you could ever find. And there's something about washing, some, washing someone's feet or kneeling at someone's feet that brings so much humility and honor. Because as the scripture that I just read says, he is a mighty fortress. He is, he deserves our respect. And he commands it. And I don't know, probably at least every other week, our pastor does remind us that there is a day coming when the eastern sky is going to open up and God's going to come back for his people. And when he comes back for his people, he's not going to come back for people that are disrespecting him and not treating him right. He's coming back for a people that are ready, that, are, that have treated him with respect, that have loved him, that have shared his love. That's what he's coming back for. And if you're not in that category, he's not going to take you. And if he don't take you, the alternative is hell. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. But that's what's going to happen. It's going to be the greatest event the earth has ever seen. And when that, that happens, I don't want anyone to not make it. And, <coughs> excuse me, we are all going to face judgment at, at, at some point. We're all going to meet him face to face. And I can guarantee you that when that day comes, you're not going to walk up to him and get, give him some friendly bro handshake. You're going to, like the, like the scripture said, you're going to fall on your face before him because the presence is going to be so overwhelming. And you're going to beg him for forgiveness. And one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to say, A, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter in. Or he's going to say, B, I never knew you, depart from me. That's what's going to happen. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on the first end of this. I want him to say, well done, Jason, enter in. And I want my family to be there, and I want, I want all of you, I want, I want this whole world to be there. But the reality of it is, it's not going to be like that. But, which I, I guess that's the reality. I'm hoping that it's not, but the odds are it probably will not be like that. But I want all of you to make it. And it's so critical that we start showing him the reverence that he deserves. Be humble before him. Don't treat him like that old buddy or just some throw, throwaway disposable towel. Start treating him like the son of God he is, like the most reverent, <clears throat> excuse me, like the most, <clears throat> excuse me, like the most uh, reverent thing we've ever, ever done. And I'm, I'm going to close here, here in a bit, but um, I'm going give, to give you some homework as well. Your homework today, and please write this down. 
this is important. Your homework is to look up or Google or search however you want. Peaceful wife, 25 ways to show reverence for God. I stumbled across this in my preparation, and this was a game changer. On this website, you'll find the scripture that I read about God and um, you'll find the scripture I read in Revelations about God, but you'll also find 25 ways that we can show reverence to God. If you look at these, um, these 25 things and you study them, you will, and you kind of make it a point to do all of these, you will be showing God the reverence and respect that he deserves. And that is critical. Now, wherever you are, if you're watching, if you're in the car, or wherever, if, if you can stand up, I would ask you to stand up at this point. And I would ask you to think for a moment about the reverence that you've shown God. Are, are you like me and I put him in a box and treat him like a disposable rag at times? If you have, I would like you to stand. I'd like you to bow, bow your head and close your eyes. <clears throat> and if today you would like to commit to a life of unity, if you'd like to commit to a life of being a unifier and treating God with the respect he, he deserves, please, please raise your hand. And I, folks, I don't care what political, what political group you identify with, what football team, what anything you identify with. We are at a point where we have got to be uniters and not dividers. And now, I don't mean just get the people to like each other. No, I mean unite before God. Our future depends on it. Your future depends upon it. Our country's future depends upon it. And like I said, when God comes back, He's coming back for people that are for a unified body of Christ. And if you would please, if you will, will commit with me today to be a unifier, not a divider, if you'll commit to me to um, show greater reverence, please, please raise your hand and repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open up my heart to you, and I ask you to come in. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. And I commit today to being far more reverent to you. I commit today to being a unifier, not a divider. I commit to being a unifier for you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for the blessings that you've poured out upon me and that you've poured out upon our nation. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer a lot of th th things have happened. First, you've accepted Christ into your heart. Second, you've met, made a commitment to be more reverent to God. What better time to start being more reverent than the new year? This is your opportunity to start fresh. 
both on the calendar and spiritually. And I encourage you today to please, please, please take the words that I've said seriously, put them into practice, make them a uh, focal point of your life, and just make a commitment to showing people the love of God. Stand for what's right and show, show people the love of God. If you'll please bow your heads with me as I close, I would appreciate it. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity again that you've blessed me with. I thank you for all that you've blessed me with. I thank you for the people that are, that are watching this at home or listening in the car or wherever they're at. I pray that your spirit would come down upon them in a mighty way. I pray that, that the words that you spoke today through me will go forth and touch their hearts and change their lives. And I th thank you for all that you've done and everything that you're going, excuse me, that are go going to do. You alone, Lord God, are the answer to everything. And we humbly come before you this moment and ask that your spirit just go, go forth and create in us a clean heart and a changed people. We th thank you for all of your blessings and everything you've done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Again, I would like to close with saying thank you for this opportunity. And I hope the words that God spoke here um, touch your heart in some, some way. Thank you again, and I'll see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you. Okay. Good job, Dave. Good job, Dave. Oh, a little rough. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, the the. It was it, it, the first part. I'm like, oh gosh, I fumbled through it and no, a little bit, but whatever. Well, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I was sitting there thinking, this is exactly what I need. I need this break for you to preach to me to start the new year. Sure. And well, when the when you when there's people here, you you do feel less constrained too. Oh, you do. You know, it's so I like think. Yeah, it is different. Yeah. Oh, it's it's night and day. Different. Sure.